0: The school is out. Which means it's time for High Kids. Good afternoon and welcome to the High Kids Show. Thank you for choosing 101.9 High FM. This is High Kids, For Kids, By Kids. My name is Berea Katz and I'm your host for today. Coming up on High Kids Today, I'll be interviewing Lali Ustazen. He is an architect from Fankissos and Marius Architects. So stay tuned to one hundred one point nine High FM and learn more. Get ready for a very exciting show on High Kids today. You're listening to High Kids on one hundred one point nine High FM. This is High Kids for kids, by kids. My name is Bruria Katz and I'm twelve years old. Good afternoon.
1: Hi, Bruria. Thank you. It's a pleasure being here and spending time with you today.
0: Thank you so much for coming and sounds really interesting. I saw some of your pictures of the architecture that your company has done and can you just tell me what is an architect?
1: Okay, the short answer to that would be that an architect is a professional who designs buildings. Um, we also create space and um, then we make plans on how to put that building together.
0: So it's very interesting. So you would design anything from a house to a theatre to a, I don't know what yeah, else. Yeah, the
1: whole scope of that, yeah, all the way.
0: And let's say for, for a house, would you also design, let's say, the pool? Uh,
1: yeah, the, the position of a pool, there will be a specialist, a pool specialist that will build it. But, yeah, the design of the pool will be up to us.
0: That's amazing. And what else does your company do besides architecture?
1: Oh, we've got an in-house interior design company, which is very interesting. Um, so the interior design, like I said, we create space. Or roof, walls, and floors, and everything in between. So the interior designers will then uh, enhance that space by using different textures, tiles, wallpapers, furniture, um, also your bulkage, your lighting, um, all those type of things. So they'll enhance the space on a smaller scale, where an architecture or an architect will design the building itself, the structure. The, like I say, the roof, the walls, the floors, um, and and the space in between.
0: And let's say you wanted to design a staircase. I saw some very mm. cool staircases in the pictures that you've shown me. Mm. And would you have to work together with the interior, whatever you call artist or decorator, so that you could get it architecturally safe and correct and it could still look beautiful?
1: Yeah, yeah. look, um, that's, a, that's one of the nice things about the build, built environment is you get to work with a lot of p- different people. Uh, architects and interior designers work hand-in-hand together, and uh, the more input you have, the better your, pro- your product will be. So, yeah, then you've got your engineers, your QS, your quantity surveyors, your builders, um, and uh, a lot of different specialists. And um, we all work together to create uh, a product. That has a lot of input in it. And in the end, that will be ultimately the best, um, in with everyone's ideas into that, into that one product.
0: It's a very big team.
1: Yeah. No, it usually is a, a big team depending on the size of the building. Yeah. It's, it's a big team.
0: So if someone was, let's say, uh, adding onto their house or building a new room, mm-hmm. would it be necessary for them to hire an architect?
1: Yeah. I believe so. I believe so. So that's, um, you know, it's, it's, an, we need to enhance people's way of living. Okay. So what an architect does as well is like I said creating space. So um that's the way people will move around a building in a building, what they will see when they're in a building, what they will experience. So yeah, to, to when you're adding on to that, consult an architect or a draftsman um to help you, depending on the scale, to help you to get the best out of the ideas you've got and put it into reality.
0: It's really amazing. Mm-hmm. So is it illegal to not have, for a big project, mm. to not have an architect on board?
1: Look, you need to submit plans and get it approved. That's one of the stages of, 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 of our work uh, at the local council. Okay, so what if before you can start building, uh, the council municipality has to approve it, and a building inspector will come out and inspect the work while you you are building. So some, you need to have someone that's drawn up the design that you've, that you've done, or the client has dreamt up with you as an architect, you need to submit those drawings to the council so that they can approve it and see that you adhere to all the requirements.
0: So that's one of the things that an architect would do? Yeah,
1: that's right. Yeah. And you
0: mentioned, you, sorry, you mentioned that mm. that's one of the stages. Yeah. Can you tell me what the other stages yeah, are? Yeah, look,
1: firstly, we would obviously meet with a client, get a detailed brief. So that's the client's desire. If you were my client, you'd come to me and say, okay, this is what I want. I want a house to be built, um, and this is what I want in it and on it. Then, then you say, okay, but I want it on this specific site. That's now the place we're going to build it. From there, uh, we'll do a site inspection. So now we've got a a, a, con, um, a context to work within. Um, speaking about sun angles That was part of your your quiz today um, That's one of the things um, That we do, you know, look at What is around it, neighboring um, buildings uh, Where the street is, where you access All those type of things Look at privacy, and then from there We would start doing a design, so a sketch plan Called sketch plan, that's a layout To present to a client that I'll present to you And you will then from there on um, Approve it, once we've done it you will do a 3D for you After the 3D, and you're happy with that, we'll do the working drawings, and those will go to the contractor and to the municipality.
0: So every building has to be approved. Yes. That's very clever, because otherwise people could just do whatever they wanted.
1: Yeah, legally it has to, and it provides uh, control.
0: And does it – do you have to uh, put in plans for the whoever you give it to, the government Mm -hmm. or the municipality Mm -hmm. or whatever, if you're just doing a small renovation – you adding on, is it necessary to do that?
1: Yes, yes. Even if it's small, you have to submit to the municipality. Um, any structure, rule of thumb, any structure of a roof over it needs to be submitted to council.
0: So that's one of the things that an architect would yes. do for you? Yeah. Because I'm sure that normal people like mm. me and DJ Flo who's sitting here, don't know how to present plans to the government.
1: Yeah, it's a basic principle of submitting it, but there are many forms and administration to be completed before you can do that. So we do that for you and with you, and um, then that would be submitted to the council.
0: And how does the council know that the plans that you're submitting are actually true? You could be submitting a plan of a building, and you're actually building a completely different thing.
1: Look, we've got a, a regulatory body, SACAP. South African Council for the Architecture Profession, and you have to submit uh, your certificate with your plans. So the council knows it was an architect or draftsman or architectural technologist that designed this, and this is actually true. So so many signatures go on there that, um, to verify that this, is, that this plan is actually true. So the architect signs it, the engineer signs it, and the owner signs it, and the, and the municipality puts their stamp on it, and they sign it off as well.
0: But they don't actually check
1: they do come out to check. Yeah. Oh, do they? Yeah, they do come out to check. Wow, on imagine <laughs> going
0: to check every mm. single building that is being built. Yeah, I yeah. mean, how many projects are there? How many, like, I don't know, things have you done past and there's like, they're building flats there or they're building a house or they're building a bridge?
1: Yeah, yeah, no, many, many. So, um, yeah, it's quite a, a, a logistical process for for the municipality to be able to do their job as well.
0: Definitely. Yeah. And do architects design just buildings, or do they design things like jungle gyms or bridges, things like that?
1: Look, we we see ourselves as as designers, so uh, then design is in everything. Um, but we are designers of the built environments. That's what we uh, specific. Uh, that's what we are. What, what we are. On. Professionally, that's what we do. So we are designers of the built environment, buildings, in, uh, bridges and things like that. Engineers will be there, involved there. But you can, if you're a designer, you like to design a lot of m- many things. And the design principles stay the same. It's just on different scales. Yeah.
0: So it's actually very interesting. With a bridge, they build it in different sections from what I understand. Mm-hmm. They don't, if they build one, they start, if they, the bridge is going to go along a certain road, then they'll start building two different sections and then they'll join them together. Yeah, yeah. But the 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 angle and mm. the mm. measurements have to be completely accurate, otherwise the bridge won't join.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. So that's something the engineer and a land surveyor will work very closely related to. So they'll work hand-in-hand in, hand in that to get uh, that right. So it's, that's a very technical question and a good question. Um, but a, surface, um, a structural engineer gets involved there in the design of the bridges.
0: There's actually a bridge in Cape Town and mm. something went wrong with, I think it's in Cape Town, something went wrong with the calculation, is, so there's yeah. just half of a bridge and, yeah, there's just the bridge just doesn't join.
1: Yeah, it just stands there. Mm.
0: And no one has bothered to take it down because it's just unnecessary expense, I guess.
1: Yeah, I, I, there will be creative plans made, I, I believe they've already made some plans there to utilize it. That's so, so cool. Imagine a making
0: easy. a hotel on the end of that bridge,
1: oh, that might be like something overlooking that. Cool. I, I don't know where the, the ocean. <laughs> I don't
0: know where the, um, yeah. where exactly it is. Mm. So I don't know what the view will be, but that would be mm. so cool.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. No, there are creative plans in place that, that they're doing to utilize that, so it doesn't go to waste.
0: But it definitely has been there for a long time. Yeah,
1: it's been there for a while. Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah. I think the first time I went to Cape Town, which was about, it was probably seven. Mm. I think I remember it being there. So Definitely been there for a while, mm. and they haven't done anything with it yet. So we'll wait and see.
1: Yeah, let's see.
0: That's actually probably quite a fun thing to do as an architect to try and figure out to do things with things that have gone wrong, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, that that would be part of the the, the the context in which you work with. Um, like I explained, you've got a site, which is an empty site. Uh, if you have a project like that, that will be the the site will be at the bridge, and you've got a context to work in.
0: It's really amazing. Mm. Do you often design bridges? What do you design the most, often?
1: Um, yeah, look, we do commercial, um, residential, do developments. We're involved in developments, group housing, um, so many houses on one, on one stand, um, like housing complexes. Um, and then also we, we got involved in some industrial projects before, and then, yeah, some retail as well. Yeah, so, so what was your last stuff.
0: job that you've done?
1: I'm, me, myself, I'm busy with a couple of residential projects at the moment. So, yeah, it's lovely working with the clients. We've got some very nice clients that we, and, and you know, building this dream with them, designing it and, and changing it until they're happy and they're dreaming this up. And we're trying to make it a reality, and hopefully we will.
0: It's amazing. You're putting people's dreams, yeah, dreams into action. It's a thing that I never actually thought about that an architect's doing.
1: Yeah, yeah, look, people come with with, with the desired house, if, if you're designing a residential house, um, and they've got their dream that they want this to be, and you work with them and enhance it. Um, you take their ideas and help them to enhance it to make it work, and that's part of, of, of what an architect should do. I I was just i was just Mm -hmm. about to
0: say it's probably very different from the first idea that they had in their head of the house Mm -hmm. and then, well, this can't be done Mm -hmm. and it would be looked better as this and no, 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 until there's the actual house, which is probably very different from what you imagined initially.
1: Yeah, yeah. Look, there are two ways of going about it. Some people have an end product in mind and you work towards that end product. And others, we start with something and as we go along, it evolves into that end product and Hopefully in the end the client will stand there and be amazed at what they see and what the reality is.
0: That's amazing. Mm. Which one do you think works better? Works towards an end product or? it, It depends
1: on the, on the designer. Um, in both case it, it, cases, it works. Uh, while you're busy working on it, it always changes. But you're working Definitely. towards a, a, an end goal. And the other one is you start with something and you develop it, develop it until you've you've got a product. That sounds one very maybe fun. just takes a bit longer. But uh, in both both cases, it or both scenarios, it's it's the, the, you get to an end product, which is the important thing.
0: Architecture actually sounds like a really fun job.
1: Oh, yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. And the thing is, then you get to, to see what you've done. So it's, you know, the satisfaction is there to see you've, you've got this dream or your client's got this dream and two years along the line, you walk through it and you're there, you know. So it's, um, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a very, very cool job. And it's, uh, you know, there's a lot of satisfaction in there.
0: I'm sure it sounds like it. And we're going to continue talking about it after the song break. You're listening to Hi Kids on 101.9 High FM. This is Chakids, 4Kids, 5Kids. My name is Berea Katz, and I am 12 years old. Before I carry on with my interview with the architect, so with all these glass windows and doors, doesn't the house get very hot?
1: Yeah, it does. Look, um, you have to design to accommodate that. Luckily today you get technology glass, uh, low-E glass, double glazing. You get different types of frames. Um so yeah, the technology allows us to to use that. Um in a South African context, depending on where in South Africa, um you, it can get very hot. Okay. So um then you just must make sure that that you shade this last your overhangs of your roof uh is very important there. you or, or you shading devices, you know, to screen it. But yeah, you can still use it, just be clever about it and make sure that you do your calculations on what the effect will be on the temperature in the house.
0: So as an architect, you need science to do that.
1: Yeah, look, uh, I believe when you when you when I was studying, you still needed uh, science and maths to to be able to study architecture. But I, but I also think there are some courses that you can do after school if you ha- if you if you didn't have it at at school, so that you can um, can do that to to qualify to become an architect. But it will help. It will help.
0: I do think that most subjects that mm-hmm. you would choose to take in school. It doesn't really make a difference what subjects you take. You don't have to know what profession you're going to do because you relearn it anyways or in university when you're becoming that profession
1: yeah look there's a lot of things you learn and like i say if you if you haven't chosen the right subject you want to do something in any any profession not necessarily architecture uh, there are courses after school that you can take if it's a requirement to do that so yeah that's so that people don't give up hope if they don't have maths or science and you want to become a certain professional or going to an industry that's that's required that where maths or science is required
0: and as I understand, as an architect, you have to draw up plans and you have to put them on a computer and show your client what they're going to get. So do you need art to do that?
1: Look, um, no, you don't, but uh, it will help a lot. If you had art, um, even before you, especially for your undergrad studies, um that, that helps a lot if you have art it gives you a better understanding and presenting you, look, you have to present to a client so that they can understand not everyone can read a plan or a technical document when if you put it in front of them so to present it is a very very important skill when it comes to, to architecture so that you can the, the client will be able to translate the idea that's on paper to what they're seeing in their mind so art helps a lot yeah. And
0: do you put like videos on a computer so you can actually see the structure of how you think it's going to look? In yes, we do
1: that we do that some some videos that some of them are on youtube um uh, that you can go and have a look at uh, f m architects youtube and there are a couple of houses thats that's been um, that's been animated so you can actually you know the video walks through it around it fly over it. And when clients see that, uh, they know exactly what's what they're going to get and what the product's going to look like.
0: That's very cool. I remember when they were designing our school, we had a new school built a couple of years ago, and they showed us a video of how it was going to look, and it was really interesting. It was amazing. Like, that's going to be our school soon.
1: Yeah. It was really cool. Yeah, it's very nice. You know, the visual, like, it, that comes back to your question about art. You know, the visual aspect of presenting is so important. And technology, again, makes it possible today that you can make videos um, and you can have 3D renderings that the concept is there and it looks like a photo before it's even built. Um, so your yeah, technology helps a lot with that nowadays.
0: Definitely. And we have a message from one of our listeners mm. and for a question. And it says, how do you think architecture enhances the environment?
1: Okay. Look, you always, I believe you have to work with the environment and you can create the environment in which people live, move, um, where they find themselves. Um, when, when I came into this building, there was a certain way I had to go to the lift. Um, someone decided on that. And that was the client and the architect. And they had a, probably different options and that was the best way to do that. Where we located the studio, where the offices will be. Um, and yeah, definitely it enhances the environment. If they're talking about the natural environment, definitely there's a big movement towards the, the word you've heard green design, um, where you have to work with nature, with the environment, and, um, some buildings, conceptual buildings still, but they have roof gardens. It's like forests on top of buildings and things like that, um, overseas still conceptual, but I think soon we will be there. Um, a lot of, um, buildings even in South Africa have, uh, garden spaces which we call an atrium inside the, the building so um, yeah it's, it's open and the building is sort of built around it um, I believe that you should never intrude, um on space that was there although you create it you must always try and enhance it in certain ways, there were always going to be some obstacles, and, um, and, but to work with nature, work with your natural environments is so important today, and especially with the focus on that, on the planet and the ecosystems and what we need to preserve for the future.
0: We were driving one day, and we saw this building that had, it was very cool. It had this I don't know, almost rectangular thing coming out from like above the door, mm-hmm. and it was covered in leaves. Mm. And it doesn't sound nice Now that I'm saying it out loud But it was really cool It looked really cool And I've seen a few of those things With leaves and mm. fake flowers And things on the building mm.
1: Yeah, look, you can bring nature Into buildings, around buildings On top of it um, Have green walls if you want that um, But yeah, it's, it's As an architect You're not designing a sculpture in space You're encapsulating space So it's important to work with what the context is around you and if it's a natural context if that's what the listener is referring to then you are it is very important to take that into consideration
0: definitely and is architecture more, in your opinion, is more of a mathematical job or is more of a creative job?
1: That's the nice thing about architecture. It's a marriage between science and art. Um, in the end, you know, you've got creative ideas and creative problem solving. You know, from a from a um, from a scientific point of view, it has to work. Uh, you can't design something and it's not possible to build it. But you have to come up with creative ways to build it. And to make it and to, and, and to, to use it. So, and, and that's the, that's the beauty of architecture. That's the beauty of, of, of the profession. And, and, and that's what, what we enjoy as architects is really there's the creative part of still a logical scientific way of doing something and building something and creating something.
0: And it reminds me for some reason, I don't even know why we did this, but recently after we moved into our house, there was this flat piece of land, like in our garden. And there were a lot of leftover bricks from our house because we had just built. And me and my sister decided we were going to build, like, a little room in the garden. So we didn't actually make a roof or whatever. But we I remember we took the bricks and we built walls. And we didn't put the bricks. We knew that you meant to put the bricks, like, overlapping. So if you have Mm. two bricks, then the brick on top will be, on the like, over the crack of Mm. that brick. So I remember we built a wall. It must have been... Was actually quite high, I remember. And even though there was no cement, the fact that we actually built it in the correct place, it wasn't it wasn't strong, strong, but it was pretty stable, actually, in the wall.
1: Yeah, you can create that just by stacking it on top of each, of each other. If you think about historic ways of building, um, where people were creative then, even building stone walls or mud walls, or, you know, it's 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 amazing on how it develops, and even doing something like that. Putting bricks on top of each other, you already created a little space that you wanted to create with your sister. And so in that sense, you were already a builder or an architect in that, in that sense already when you were, when you were small. And, um, and, and that's the, the beauty of it is creating that space and standing in it. And, and that was created. It's there and you encapsulated it. It was always there, but you encapsulated it and enhanced it.
0: We, in Israel, there's this, I forgot what it's called, but the Romans built it. And it's basically arcs, Mm. just stone Mm. arcs. And it's like a pathway almost. It's by the sea. And it was actually used to carry water, I think. So there's this like, almost like a pipe, stone pipe at the top of it. And water was carried through it, I think. And it was built in such a clever way that it lasted thousands and thousands of years. Like, for example, the two... Like the three top bricks, you know, at the top of the arch. So they were the two next to the, like the one at the very top. They were slanted mm-hmm. inwards. So that the, the brick at the top would never be able to fall down. So that was the, the type of thing that it was built with. And it was amazing. Just by the cleverness of how it was built, so nothing would be able to fall. And the way they stacked the stones, it was amazing. And it lasted, it's it's still there. It's lasted thousands and thousands of yeah. years. Yes,
1: called aqueducts. That the Romans built, and so back, that yeah, that's so that's what they did, and there was a very clever way of doing it, that, that slanted or tapered brick, the last brick that will hold the whole arch together. It doesn't matter what the weight is from the top; it can't push outwards and it can't fall through, so it actually just stayed in place. So compression was actually good for it. So when there's weight on top of it, it just pushes to the side and can't f- fall through. So it was fantastic. It's really um, amazing to actually engineering. look at it. Yeah. yeah, engineering thousands of years ago, and it's still. Still there, you know. Gee, people were
0: clever, clever, clever. Mm. Many years ago, they—I saw the this statue that the Romans carved, and they didn't have machinery in those days, and they did it with just their chisel. And the way that they did it was—it looked like the material was folding and like flowing down mm. from them. It was actually amazing.
1: And it was all handmade. All handmade. <laughs> no, machinery no machinery. Here. Yeah, it's amazing what they did. Um, they, they recently vi- visited Italy in Rome, went into the Pantheon and um, it was built um, 125 uh, B.C., really, so it was there, and it's uh, more than 2,000 years ago, and
0: it's still there. Like The pyramids in Egypt, they Mm. have no idea how they built them. They Mm. really are, and nowadays we have cranes that can take the bricks up to the top. Mm. They didn't have cranes in those days, Mm. so no one knows actually how they did it, but they were very clever, and they thought of a way to get the bricks up to the top and build it in a way that made it stay all these years.
1: Yeah, so what you're actually telling me is that if someone tells me something I did and they say it can't be built, I must refer back to the Romans and the Egyptians.
0: Yeah, exactly. But you, it's amazing, and there's this whole thing we were learning in technology. It's called triangulation. Basically, triangle makes things stronger. Yes. So the Egyptians obviously knew that, that they built mm. their pyramids in a triangular shape, which would make them stronger.
1: Yes, It's Correct. amazing. Yeah.
0: It's mind-boggling to think about that... We think, you know, we we have all this technology nowadays and we're so clever, but they were actually very clever in those days.
1: Yeah, they were. And still today, some of the things they did then, we can't figure out how they did it now, even with the technology at our Yeah,
0: exactly. It's mad. They're proper, proper amazing things that people have built and done. I even looked on YouTube the one time. I don't know. I saw this one building that was, you know, designed by an architect and I was just thinking, oh, my gosh, this is proper amazing. that Someone actually thought of the way to design it. It was a proper fancy mansion, whatever. But it was really amazing how it was built.
1: Yeah, you have to be clear. That's part of the, 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 the process of doing those construction drawings is to design details um, to make things, um, to put things there and make it concrete. Um, yeah.
0: And do you personally, when you're thinking of a way to design the building, do you design it on your computer or do you draw it out on paper?
1: I still like doing the, my initial ideas to scratch it down on a on a piece of paper and um, getting just, um, it's just easy to just more in touch with it, I believe. Um, and that's a, just a personal preference. And then from there, take it onto uh, the computer to work on scale. But the initial process of, how things fit together or how space fit together or how you move through, through a place and all those things that I told you about context, context and, and, um, the way the client wants this to look like or, um, the style of the house or, um, any generator, um, on site, uh, all of that, just scratch it down on a piece of paper and overlay it over each other. And that gives you a lot of answers on the way forward.
0: It's really amazing. Also, like on a a computer, if you want to design a me or do a shape, a certain shape that's not necessarily a regular shape, like just a circle, it's a bit of a weird shape that you want to do on the house or whatever, it might take you a few minutes to actually design it on your computer, and then by the time you've actually designed it, you won't even remember where you wanted to put it in the first place. So that's why it's easy to do it on paper.
1: Yeah, and easy on paper and then the the thing is what makes computer technology uh, programs CAD programs and 3D programs I call it BIM programs so um, great to work with is that you can make changes Um, but I I, I do try and do my uh, initial scratch my initial ideas. I've got a little booklet and I scratch my ideas on there and then uh, translate it from there onto the computer.
0: You must have a lot of ideas if you think of a different idea for every single building that you do. Oh
1: yeah, yeah. Look, sometimes there's something that worked, and um, oh. and but the the danger is not not getting stagnant into that. Uh, I also believe that uh, once you you've done, um, once you've done with your work and you look back at it, and, and there's not a single thing you sh- thing you would have changed, you haven't learned anything from the process. So. Um, when you get to that point where you say I wouldn't have changed anything, um I uh, I think uh yeah that would sort of be the perfect design and then uh, uh when I get to that stage I'll retire. <laughs>
0: that's that's a very important point. My father always told me that if you got full marks on a test, it wasn't worth doing the test because you didn't learn anything from it. Yeah.
1: You have to learn and, and every design is a learning process.
0: It's amazing. It's really a good lesson to think about. Yeah, yeah. And so. What's your what's your favorite part of architecture?
1: Oh yeah, um, I love uh, the fact that, like I say, you can be creative. You can be creative in in, in a world, a scientific world. Um, uh, I like working with clients. I like um, it when people are happy when they when they're in a building, and especially if it's not a res- the residential building, and you walk through there and you ask people, do you like working here? And they say, yes, I do. Without you knowing you have been the, you were the architect on this, that's, that's a fantastic feeling. Um, so, and then in the end, seeing what you, what you creative, w- created with people. And the creativity is never in isolation. You're always working with people. And luckily for us, we've got a great team back at FM Architects, and we're like a family, and we all g- give our input and learn from each other as
0: well. That really sounds amazing. It sounds like a phenomenal job to have.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: And one last thing, how can people contact your architecture business?
1: Okay, so you can find us on Facebook, Francho Marie Architects or FM Architects. You can Google FM Architects. You can email me at lalie, L-A-L-L-I-E at or give our office a call, 0116159105. Um, I'm also on Facebook. If you have a question to ask, you're welcome to ask me, Lally who uh on, on Facebook and I'll, I'll try and get back to you.
0: That sounds amazing. I'd love to walk past the building and say, hey, that's the architect I interviewed who (laughs) built that building.
1: Yeah, well, like like in many cases, uh, when you walk past the clients, we try as architects to say that, rather say that that is... Um, the client's building and not the architect who designed it. So in many cases, which, you know, we try and bring out the client's identity and, and not, not force our own onto it. But, but yeah, um, thank you. <laughs> That's compliment. Very thank actually. you for the compliments. And uh, yeah, know it's uh, it's fantastic to be part of an industry like this.
0: I'm sure it is. And thank you so much to my guest Lali from. FM Architects, that's very easy to remember because just like FM, you know. FM Architects for coming on my show, teaching me all about architecture, what it's about, what makes you love it so much, how it enhances the environment. It was really a very interesting show. So thank you so much for coming.
1: Only my pleasure. Thank you for having me and uh, thank you for being such a great
0: host. Oh, thanks. And thank you to DJ Flo and my b- producer, Sana, for pushing the big red button for me. Join us tomorrow for another ha Kids show. Only on one hundred one point nine Chai FM. This has been Chakids, For Kids Four Kids Ba Kids.